Hello, I'm Brendan. And I'm Rico. Surprise, we're here a little early this week. Uh, And if you listen regularly to the Dinner Party Download, you know that on every episode we try to help you win your dinner party by arming you with insights into the arts and culture of the week. Today, we're going to help you win your debate party. That's right. It's our first ever Dinner Party Download Extra Special Instapod. Is that what we're calling it now? I mean, it is unless you want to... Edit out me calling it that just now. I don't. So cool. All right. So we're going to call it that. (laughs) Basically, earlier today in our studios, we spoke to Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd. Yes. And uh, you're going to hear the full interview on this Friday's episode where she answers your etiquette questions. Uh, But she also happens to be the author of a new book entitled The Year of Voting Dangerously, (laughs) which is a collection of her columns about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump both of whom she's been covering for years. That's right. So we took the opportunity to ask Maureen about her thoughts on the presidential debate tonight. And we discussed some stuff worth keeping in mind, perhaps, as you head to your debate watching parties this evening. So we're getting that part of our conversation out to you right now. Instapod. Uh, There you go. That's why we call it that, I guess. (laughs) We first asked her how she thought the debates would go, basically what the two candidate strategies might be. I think what's going to happen is... um, uh, they're saying that gracious Trump will show up, but he's mm-hmm. so thin-skinned. I think Hillary has been working with a team of psychologists and Ooh. the guy who co-authored Art of the Deal, who yeah. now is very anti-Trump. So I think she's been studying his personality. So she's been plotting about how to get under his skin. And one thing that can really get under his skin is if uh, he isn't given full credit. Like, So she could say something like, wow, Kellyanne Conway has really turned you... Trump's campaign manager. Yeah. ...into you oh. know, an, a better candidate a or candidate. something. And I think that would make him lose it. But she's going to go for something like in A Few Good Men, the moment when Tom Cruise like made Jack Nicholson lose it and start screaming, you want me on that wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Trump could actually scream the exact same thing. Right. <laughs> What's amazing is that in that movie, everybody kind of... like. In rewatching that movie, you're like, oh, yeah, right. This smart guy is going to sell himself out on the stand or something. But it's like, Trump, you could imagine that happening. He's like, I'd rather sell myself out than have anybody believe I'm not a self-made man. Yes, I think that could be scarily easy for her. And I guess in his case, you know, he just wants to make her seem like an establishment wonk. So uh, it's so funny. They're different debate um, prep because he's the king of winging it and she's the queen of homework and you yeah. really see that because she's been studying from like a thousand briefing books and, yeah. oh, and going to midnight you it's know it's like rehearsals. that scene from Rocky yeah it's like pounding a side of beef in the meat locker <laughs> yeah exactly and shop, he doesn't he doesn't even have a Hillary you know impersonator to practice with he hasn't bothered so he's sitting around in his golf club with Roger Ailes eating cheeseburgers and drinking Cokes and coming up with zingers. So basically, he's preparing like a 15-year-old boy. (laughs) And she's preparing like Tracy Flick. But we're going to encounter that gap between can't keep your eyes off that sort of instinct versus someone who did their homework. This is like a student council race. Well, in a way, they're going to have to be a little bit more like each other because he's going to have to seem more measured and sane, and she's going to have to try and stir up some passion for her, which he's been able to get passion but has no substance, and she can't get passion but has all the substance. And their problem is she's too tightly controlled, and he's 
out of control. So each has to kind of act like the other, like Freaky Friday. So, <laughs> so but, we're not we're not going to know who they are by the end of the night because exactly. they're going to be acting like completely different. Yeah. But let's ask this: if if both succumb to their worst instincts, which of those wins the night? Does does wild unkempt Trump win the night, or does overly controlled Clinton? Because certainly in uh, Bush v. Gore, that did not help Gore. I think that um, if Trump can't control himself for 90 minutes, uh, I think he'll really be hurt. But if he can control himself, people are probably grading on a curve. Yeah. So if he just doesn't break into some crazy Jack Nicholson rant. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, denigrate an entire race. Yeah, or yeah. sex. He could be okay. Well, let, we know that Lester Holt won't be fact-checking, so he doesn't have that to worry about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because he actively negotiated for non-fact-checking, which gives you a little window into one of these candidates for president. That's the media. Well, you know, well, this is funny because the only thing when I first went out with him in 99 when he was did a one-day presidential foray, you know, I said, why would voters vote for you for president? And he replied, because I get big ratings on Larry King. And then he said, and a lot of men hit on Melania. So this is his ego arithmetic. So basically he answers every policy question with something about polls or numbers. So I'm wondering if tonight, you know, he said on Dr. Oz that he had high testosterone numbers. So he might want to throw that in. Wow. I think he does want to throw that in at all costs, <laughs> it sounds like. What oh, is- except I, I hope he stays away from his manhood again or the size of his I've hands been- on his manhood because we don't want to hear that no, again. Not, not, well, no. I think it'll be different. But Marco Rubio is one thing, but Hillary Clinton and manhood <laughs> discussion yeah. might be a yeah, awkward. Yeah. But here, I have something that's not hasn't been really discussed. So these are two New Yorkers debating in New York. Right. And remember, it wasn't even Ted Cruz a few months ago kind of talked about New York values, not right. being American values. It's interesting how little hay is made of this billionaire, maybe, right. we don't know, who lives in a building in the middle of Manhattan right. versus a millionaire who lives in a bougie suburb. Well, that's and so they're arguing funny. in New York. It seems so far from yes, these. But uh, that's what's so funny. It's like two New York Democrats running against each other, you know. Yeah, and well. neither, you know, neither of them are really New Yorkers because Hillary really isn't. You know, they're just perched here for political reasons. And he isn't because Trump world is sort of an alternative universe. <laughs> universe. That's true. Although you I mean, but yeah. you do have someone who is a senator. Let's be fair. During, you know, 9-11 as opposed but to also guy- another thing that Trump could do. He could turn to her and say, you came to my wedding, but why didn't you ever send me a wedding present? You know, (laughs) calling out that. Yes. uh... Right. How close they used to be. And he and Bill would play golf. He let Bill be a member of his golf club when Bill was having a hard time getting. I feel like there is going to be a little bit of that. And I don't know if she has any counter to that. Because his people are with, he can't, she can't do anything to win his people over. Right. What they're voting for is these undecideds and maybe these kind of more moderate Republicans who might not like the idea of handing over the suitcase to him. Right. Um, and if he paints it like, hey, they hang out with me when this isn't happening. Ivanka and Chelsea are friends. I'm not so so much of an outlier. Mm. Right, exactly. But she doesn't really have a counter to that. But isn't right. that the opposite, exactly. though? Isn't uh, Could that not have the opposite effect where then those people vote for Gary Johnson? You know what I mean? It's like I'm looking at two Democrats, so why should I vote for either of them? Yeah, it could, but... I agree that when she tries to paint him as insane, 
you know, he could be like, wow, well, we used to be hanging out. So if, I, if I'm that much of a danger to the country, why were you at my wedding? It's oh going to be God. interesting. Well, thank you for giving us your analysis. Thank and you. I guess we know what we're all, we'll all be doing later tonight. Yeah, this yes. friend of mine from L.A. said that um, he, he said in L.A. the whole place is going to be a ghost town at 6. You know, which yeah. is when the debate starts their time, and that he had his first martini at lunch today in <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> They're all drinking it now is. and leaving work early later. New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd. You can catch the rest of our conversation with her on our next episode, posting this Friday in which she talks about taking flag from the left and the right. Yes, and also how this election is exactly like a Saturday Night Live Stefan skit. Till then, happy debate watching. Ciao.